Welcome to another episode of the JMS Podcast. We have a great episode today. Today, I chatted up with local comedian Sam Meeker. Uh, I met Sam Meeker a couple months ago for the first time. And uh, in my opinion, he's one of the most hardworking comedians out there in the Bay Area right now. Real cool guy. Very mellow. Had a great chat. Stick around for his uh, interview. And uh, a couple announcements. First announcement... I got a comedy showcase coming up this week. This Wednesday, I'm performing for uh, the PX Comedy Showcase at Freddie J's in downtown San Jose. It's on the corner of 3rd and Santa Clara. It is uh, PX's. Uh, I, if you don't know who PX is, I interviewed her a couple podcast episodes ago. She's a real cool woman. And I'm on her uh, sausage fest of a all-male comedy showcase. I get something about Father's Day. I don't know. But I don't have any kids, so maybe I shouldn't tell her that. Uh, but anyway, I'm performing there. And if you go and you say JMS Podcast at the door, it is free. That's right. Free comedy showcase. If not, it's about $5 at the door. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great show coming out. Coming out on Wednesday night. I'll be there. You chat it up with me, buy me a drink, that'd be nice. And uh, yeah, so this Wednesday at Freddy J, downtown San Jose, at the corner of 3rd and Santa Clara. Also, another announcement, uh, I have a Kickstarter project. That's right, check it out. I'm developing a web series called Looking for St. Jorge. And uh, what's that? What is the web series about? Well, I'm glad you asked. The web series is about uh, a fictional version of myself. Pretty much, it's about a, a stand-up, uh, a local stand-up comedian who's also a university student, and he's trying to make it big. So, uh, I, I will be performing live stand-up in the web series if funded, and the web series is, go- is going to feature a lot of local comedians, local musicians, and local poets. And pretty much, you know, th- that that's what I. Uh, I'm basing this whole web series around is San Jose and the art community in San Jose. And uh, it's comedy, it's drama, uh, there is a love story in it. I think I just spoiled the entire web series. It's supposed to be a surprise in the end. Well, well, if it's funded, at least you'll see me fall in love. But yeah, you go to Kickstarter and you search for Looking for St. Jorge. I'm only asking for $2,000. And most of the, if funded, the money will go towards feeding the crew, renting out more equipment if needed on the set, and overall transportation. And uh, it's going to be about seven episodes long, and it's going to be on YouTube with 10-minute uh, episodes. And uh, I hope uh, you guys can help and contribute. And if you can't contribute financially, at least share it to anybody you feel will be interested in this project. And because this web series would definitely help highlight uh, local talent and, and expose them to the world and I feel there's a lot of good talent here in San Jose that often gets overlooked and I think this is a good opportunity for everybody involved including myself uh, I'm asking for two grand I and uh, so far I'm halfway there thank you so much for those that already donated big shout out to Jacob Wheels big shout out to Jacob Olhausen. Uh I think that's his last name I don't know a uh, big shout out to uh, other people that donated. And of course, big, big, big shout out to Pauline, guest 
from Australia. She put in a, a grand. That means I'm only halfway there, guys. Halfway to the Kickstarter goal. We can do this. Uh, she is officially executive producer on this thing. And big shout out to her. Sending you a lot of love. Anytime you're in town, you don't have to pay for shit. Because <laughs> I will take care of you. So go to Kickstarter, search for Looking for St. Jorge, check out my video. I also have a pilot. Check out the pilot on YouTube, Looking for St. Jorge. And if you think it's interesting, please check out Kickstarter, contribute somehow. Uh, I love the support in any way. Yeah. Anyway, so let's get to our interview with Sam Meeker. Welcome, Sam Meeker, to the studio, which before I've called it the knowledge room because we're surrounded by books, DVDs, and CDs, and pretty much stuff that you don't even need anymore because you just do it online, right? Streaming. Yeah. This is beautiful, man. This is great. Dude, thanks for having me out. This is uh, it's nice. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk, let's see, the first time I met you. Uh, at All the right. time, I was running for Scotty. Okay. Uh, the, the open mic for Scotty on Mondays. Yeah. And I, I had this format where I had the featured comics. Okay. And you were actually one of the first ones I invited over to be a featured comic. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And because uh, I heard so much about you, you know, everybody I talks about mold, you. I broke the mold, people. I broke the mold. You yeah. broke the mold. <laughs> uh, and then you come over, and you're chilling outside, and you're hustling people to come in. I've never seen that before from any other comedian here in San Jose or in the South Bay Area, and actually anywhere in the and Bay how many, Area. How many people came in? A bunch. A lot. You pretty much created your own crowd, exactly, which was dude. amazing and actually inspirational. I tried to do it a couple mm-hmm. nights after that. Yeah. Because you, you did. You, dude, you knew what to say. You had great timing. Yeah. And me, I'm out there just being like a, a fucking asshole going like, hey, comedy. Yeah. Well, what it is, I, I look at these people walking by, man. They're looking for a place to go. It's a Monday night, right? It's a Monday night. They're walking around with their girlfriend, right? They, they don't have no money, first off. You know, most of these younger people, you know, walking around. They don't know where to go. Like, how oh, we can go see a movie. Damn, that's going to be 30 bucks. A free comedy show. Oh, you know, you just start talking to them. Like, hey, you go, you know, if they're walking towards you, like, hey, you're going in the right direction. Just point right to it. You know, let's get in there. Maybe crack a joke or two. You know, oh, you're already smiling. You know, just get them all excited about it. They'll come in, dude. And they did. You know, I told them, I said, oh, yeah, I'm closing this bad boy out. You know, people, oh, you're funny. I said, why don't you go see, you know. <laughs> right? I mean. Yeah, but, dude, you, like I said, it was inspiration to watch. Okay, cool. From a, I, local, from a local guy hustling that hard, and not just hustling for it, but pulling it off. It's yeah. Like, damn. Like you know who? Wow. Why? Why am I not putting that much of an effort? I did it the other night in uh, when was it uh, Wednesday in Oakland? I did a show out there. Uh, Shanti uh, Charan's room. She has a show over there once a month, and I'm out there on the street, man, just telling people, hey, come on in, you know. And same thing, dude. You know, I mean, she has a bunch of regulars that come out too, but a few people just walking by looking for something to do on a Wednesday. They don't, you know. You say, hey, we got a free comedy show. They're going to go check it out. So, What is the, this work ethic derives from? Because uh, well, it, 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 it seems... I just want people to laugh. I want an audience. You know, it's a lot easier to make... I think it's easier to make 20 people laugh 
than it is to make five, you know, because you kind of feel in the pressure. Like I'm just looking directly at you when if you got 20 people in there, man, you kind of scan the room, right? You can do your setup on the left. Boom. Hit them with a punchline on the right. And like everyone comes together, you know, so I think it's like easier, you know, if you got a crowd. So why not get a crowd? What's the biggest crowd you ever performed in front of? Uh, probably at the improv in San Jose, uh, sold out, sold out. So about 350 seats about, uh, I, I want to say it's like 400, 400. Yeah. Isn't like the upper deck and all that. I believe it's, uh, yeah, it was packed though. Uh, Anthony Jeselnik was headlining. You opened up for Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah. Uh, that was before he had his TV show too. Um, and then, uh, Jonah Ray, you know, Jonah Ray, Jonah Ray, I'm um, not familiar. He's a comedian. He has, he's like on a nerdist and all that. Um, but he's a funny dude too So he was featuring So I was opening Jonah was featuring Anthony was headlining That was my first time Actually performing there It's like Like three years ago You know Four years ago That was your first time Yeah How was it? It was tight It was tight I'm about to have my first time uh, Next month For a weekend? You got a weekend there? No no Not like that Whoa whoa No nothing like that <laughs> I just got like a, a oh, no. Seven ten minute spot At a local show At the improv so you, it was the first okay, time. It's a, so it's your first show doing it at the Improv. Yes. All right. Cool. Now that's great. How long you been doing comedy? About a year and a half, I want to say. That's perfect, man. You know, because when I when I first started doing stand up, I I went ahead and uh, I researched it for like a month before I started doing it, man. I went online, typed in you know stand up you know comedy comedians Bay Area. First website comes up Ross Turner. I don't know if you know Ross. No. No. All right, he's not really into comedy anymore. He does more acting now. But I sent him an email. Hey, Ross, how you doing? My name's Sam Meeker. Uh, I, I want to start doing stand-up comedy. Do you have any tips for me? He said, hey, man, here's my phone number. Give me a call. I would love to talk to you. So Ross, at the time, I guess he was doing it like 10 years, you know. First thing he told me was, dude, you know, it's exciting that you're doing this. Second Stay away from the bigger clubs for like the first year before you get, you know, you got to get jokes because like uh, first impressions will last forever, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's say you go to the improv. You only been doing it a couple weeks. The manager there, whoever books it, you know, they're looking at you. Any club, any club, you know, that that's on, on that level, you know, they're like, oh, OK, you're always going to be looked at like that guy. You know what I mean? Telling that crazy joke looking at the floor pacing you know sweating bullets you know the stuff you're supposed to get rid of in open mics yeah or yeah. or not get rid of but maybe learn to deal with right in open mics so yeah that's i think that rings true it does uh, so i'm happy uh, you're doing it man yeah oh thank you Who, whose show uh victor cruz's prize what's the date july 29th july 29th folks get out there to san jose improv <laughs> i'm gonna tell you right now man Already hustling for me, man! Wow, <laughs> we uh, gotta promote this thing. I know you're listening. This. All three of you, get get together. <laughs> I'm sure you have a guest list. Hit up uh, Jorge here, man. He'll hook you up on the guest list. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm sure we'll find a way. Um, but uh, so that's actually really good. Uh, because when I started out, I thought of that way. I was like, maybe I should, you know, start, you know, practicing at the improv or Uski Feathers. But the, the great thing about it was that. I started well, with a group of uh, San Jose State students. All right. And so we kind of like, you know, we're like, yeah, we should, you know, see what we can do together. And we hit up local mics. Yeah. And then when I did Rooster Teeth Feathers, you know, they have the new talent on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where it hit me. I was like, 
well, these guys are polished. These guys are like have experience behind them. Like here I am thinking, uh, you know, I'm the latest genius with these, you know, fucking yeah. stupid jokes. Well, those guys are just in the same boat as you. It's just they've probably been doing it a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and my first time was actually at Rooster Teeth Feathers. You know, the first time you ever did stand up. My very first time. How long ago was that? Uh, it was in uh, 2009. I was 30 years old, and I'm 37 now. So, so seven years. Yeah, a little under seven years. Oh, do you take a hiatus in between? No, I mean, oh. well. February of 09 and then uh, well yeah that's what's that six years mm-hmm. over six years but yeah man that was my very first time and I remember and uh, I told my wife about it you know I said alright because what you got to do you know I was nervous about it I didn't want to you know I was like okay I got to set this date so I just emailed the booker you know I said hey I like you know first time of course right they're gonna say yeah come on out you know because you're gonna bring everyone and their mama to the show so I went there, had like 25, 30 people come out, friends, you know, family. I mean, people that, you know, wanted to see me. And uh, and I, you get hooked, man. Yeah. And they're laughing at everything you do, right? Because they know you. Right. They know like, oh, well, he, you know, he's not serious right now. Or, you know, the way I might move my hands or something, which now, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't get a laugh if I did the same thing. So, but hey, man, it was a good set. I got hooked and that was it. Yeah, and another thing that really, uh, for me at least, helped me out to see was the first time I did stand up at a bar. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I, I started off doing it for Scott, and it's a cafe, and the cafe crowd. Oh, is, is that where different. your first set was? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. My first official set was at for Scott. So that's a tough, tough uh, room, man. You know, is it compared? I mean, for your first time, did you tell him uh, it was your first time, or did a host, or were you hosting too? No, no, no. Like, uh, you took that room over from somebody. I did not actually. I, I did not actually. The the comedy night was brand itself. You started it. Yeah. Well, they approached me. They're like, dude, uh, on Tuesdays it's getting overwhelmed with musicians and comedians. Okay. So we're wondering if there, if how if we were to do a comedy night, how would we do it? And they approached me, which I was gonna say no to because I'm like, shit, I'm new to. So the- they approached you with you not doing comedy before. Uh, like at the time I was a couple months in. Oh. Okay. Already, and oh, okay. I I guess they knew me well. Okay. And and that that was what the big issue. I was like, dude, why don't they ask someone who's more experienced? Why don't they ask, you know? And, and if I do this, do I come up as like a hack to to the local comics? Like, who's this new guy? I think he he knows what to do. So and then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. You know, here's an opportunity. Yeah. I, I might fail. All right. And if anything, I know I won't be up to what open mics usually are. So I might as well make it a little different, maybe. Yeah. So th- that's the mentality I went how, into. How did it. you make it different? What did you do to make it different? Uh. It was like a showcase, right? Right, but it was an open mic. It was a showcase where we had both uh, uh, featured comics. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. And at the, and so you had a sign-up list, but then a couple comics at the end to close it out. One comic, and usually this comic I prefer to Which be... Which was me, folks. I uh, <laughs> did one of the very first ones. Go ahead. Yeah, but the thing is, is that featured uh, spot was mostly for comedians who were going to perform at the improv or a showcase and never had experience doing a 10 because usually open mics you have five minutes okay seven minutes if you're lucky yeah so if like hey man i have a show coming up it's 15 minute i've never done 15 minute before i was like all right i'll give you a feature spot and test your stuff out oh nice and at the same time i also want to bring bigger comedians from outside san jose okay or and to kind of see the, the local comics you know see veterans see how they work study them yeah. to learn from them so i wanted to be a very uh uh I guess lack of a better word, educational uh, open mic for yeah. comedians. 
Okay. Uh, well, you just. But but to be fair, it's for me myself. I also learned from from the comics I brought in. So you wanted just to create a place where people can learn and work on their stuff, right? Yeah, but mostly myself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. greedy ass Jorge here. You know what I mean? Just no. <laughs> but go back to you, man. So uh, you started six years ago. What made you be like? You know what? St- like, have you always wanted to do stand up as a kid? No, I never even thought about doing stand up before, man. I mean, I've always like liked uh, uh, BET, like Comic View, as a kid. You know, growing up watching that, I was like, "Oh, dude, these dudes are funny." But to think I could do it, I didn't even think about it. And then, you know, one time uh, my wife and I were at a bar, and they had an, uh, in in Morgan Hill there, and they had you know like a showcase show going, and I was pretty much drunk, you know, and I'm looking at her and I'm like, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm funnier than these dudes." You know, and I'm not going to name no names, right? Because a lot of these dudes are still like, there's some of them are my friends now, you know? <laughs> okay. But I'm just thinking, yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I can do this. And she said, why don't you try, you know? And, and then, like like I said, like a month and a half later, I just did it. And would you, uh, would you always consider the funny guy in your fam- in your friends group? Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I never had problems like talking with people and, and you know, getting the party going. So, getting the party going? Yeah, yeah. Were you raised in Morgan Hill? Uh, no, I was born and raised in uh, Richmond. Richmond. California, yeah. And did you move with your family to Morgan Hill, or was it through work? No, um, I just moved there. I, actually, my folks did live there, and I moved out there just to kind of be closer to them, and, you know, just ended up hanging out there, man. They, nobody lives there now, just my wife, my wife and, you know, my family. Okay. And do you think you got this, uh, like, were any of your parents into the arts of any kind? Uh, no, man, but you know what, dude? We always laughed a lot. So comedy I mean, was we, a big factor in your uh, family. Man, we would clown each other and just, yeah. I mean, that's that's what family is. I'm pretty sure your family. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, see, I, I, you come off as someone who comes from a blue-collar background. Is that true? Or am I assuming wrong here? Uh, I don't know, man. You know what? When I grew up, <laughs> my dad was disabled, uh-huh. and he was on disability. And my mom, she uh, she never had a job. So, working like that, no. I mean, my family was always there. Uh-huh. So, when I come home from school or whatever, my family was there. So, was humor used as a coping mechanism through hard times? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, hold on, yeah. No, no, I'm serious, yeah. that's. I mean, that's kind of what it is, right? I mean, laughter is like, it's free, first mm-hmm. off, you know what I mean? That's always great. Yeah, so no one's paying it for it. So ah, give it all you got. None of this bullshit they had in Spain, where they start charging for every laugh. That the thing with the they would look at people's faces, how much they laugh during a comedy show, and they would have to like pay, get paid per laugh. It's stupid, anyway. But yeah, you're right. Comedy is free. Oh, okay, yeah. So I mean, yeah. So I guess around my house, man, uh, we always cracked jokes, you know, and it was always just fun. So I just remember everything always being fun, you know. Yeah, like, because you mentioned my family, and I come from, a, I'm like the black sheep of my family, but I'm very proud of them, because I come from, like, a, definitely blue-collar work, Okay. you know, you know, landscaping, all that stuff, uh-huh. and our sense of humor is just talking shit about each other, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. With your cousins, you get around, and you just make fun of each other. Yeah, now, I remember, I mean, when I was a kid growing up, I remember, like, uh, Thanksgivings being huge, humongous, man, uncles, aunts, grandparents, you know, cousins, you know, just family, man. So big, dude. And that was just awesome, right? As I got, you know, I've gotten older, I don't see that that much, though. You know what I mean? 
I don't know why. Is your family, were you guys like that too at all? Like, uh, oh, yeah, we're a big family. And I, I guess when we're older, our cousins, you know, well, at least for me, I'm busy. So I don't really see my cousins as much, which is pretty bad. Yeah. But yeah, they, for the most part, they stick together still. Yeah, but your cousins can come see you um, at the improv on July 29th? <laughs> yes, they can. All yes. Right. <laughs> Hopefully they come. Hopefully they come. Uh, but yeah. And uh, do you have any siblings growing up? Uh, yeah, I have two brothers and one sister. I'm the youngest. Mm. Yeah. You know, they say the youngest child always goes into, like, entertainment. Have you noticed? I mean... I'm, I'm the middle child. Okay, we're well, not so, going <laughs> to... I defunct your theory already. I'm sorry. Not, you're not going to make it. Already. I'm not going to make it. You just quit now. Uh, I was born in the wrong... Uh, gotta, who's the youngest? Uh, my, my younger brother. Oh, your younger, younger brother's going to make he, it. My younger brother's going to make it. Where's he at? Let's get him on the mic. Uh, oh, yeah. They, just have him take over the podcast, why don't we? <laughs> Uh, okay. And you said that humor was a big part of your family growing up. Is okay. there any comedians in, in the, that was a big uh, household? Yeah, no, no comedians. Just me. That's just it. You. Yeah. You, did you grow up with a certain... You, you mentioned BET. Any other comics? I just, I just remember watching Comic <laughs> View all the time. Pretty much I'm asking, what comedians did you grow up with? You know, um... Whoever was on, like, Comic View. That's basically it, you know? I mean, I don't remember watching anything else but that, like... So... And I never went to, like, a live comedy show. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my first live comedy show was... I mean, like, we paid to get in, you know? It was at Cobb's, and I seen Jim Norton. And that was maybe nine years ago. Nine? Yeah. Cool. Who, who are your comedy inspirations now? <coughs> Uh, now, man, I like uh, Tom Papa. I think he's funny. Yeah, he's hilarious. You know what I mean? He's he's yeah. he's clean too. I mean, he's not too dirty. You know, I like that. I like watching his specials. Um, and it's not just the clean and dirty, but I do like the fact that someone can keep it clean. You know, and and not have to go straight to the f bomb. You know, I mean, I try to keep my comedy clean, but it still gets to the point. You know, am I right? I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you what do you uh your how's your stand up? Uh, I think it's moderate. I don't go too clean or neither too shock value or, or dirty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. I just like the point where I can go into that coffee shop that you were running. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if uh, a 15-year-old kid is up top. You know what I mean? It's like I can get I can get on that edge of like, oh, these people are going to like this, you know, but not get to the point where like his mom's going to grab him by the arm and let's get out of here. We had a couple of awkward moments at Friscati where a five-year-old would come in and like, Almost all the comedians were panic. Yeah, it's almost all the comedians would be like, "Oh shit, there's a kid here. I can't do my shit." I never got that, man. Why? Why would you know? You got to be able to perform anywhere. I mean, I you know I've done shows, and my mom signed me up for her uh, her church for a talent show. She says she calls me up. Hey, I signed you up for my uh, this talent show at my church. Can you come do comedy? And the first thing when I got, I said, "Yeah, no problem. I'll come over there." First thing I got, I got there. The pastor, her pastor's like, "Hey, can I talk to you in the office?" So we go into his office. You know, he's like, "Would you mind running your jokes by me?" So you know, so he wants to make sure. And I did. He said, "Oh, dude, that's perfectly fine." Went out there, and I crushed it in front of this, you know, church crowd. And it was just like, okay. So I mean, you know, like having clean material does open a lot of more opportunities. Yeah, it I believe does. that. Do you, do you, do I'm you not need, saying I don't like dirty material. Right. I love dirty material too. It's just me as a person. I don't talk like that. 
You know what I mean? I'm not walking around, you know. But, but, I mean, I got two daughters, you know what I'm saying? I don't want them walking around, you know, cussing left and right. And it's just not my thing. So from the very beginning, were you, like, moderately clean, moderately dirty? Yeah, always. Always try to keep it clean. And that's what, uh, like, when I said, when I emailed uh, Ross in the very beginning there, he told me, too. He's like, hey, man, uh, if you stay clean, that's the more work you're going to get. And it's true. You know, in July, I'm doing this show in uh, in Sacramento. It's an outside event. Uh, I think it might be at a fairgrounds. I'm not sure. But I'm doing 15 minutes. But, you know, there would be probably baby strollers there, you know, families. And I don't have to worry about that. I mean, I mean, there's a few jokes of mine where I'm like, okay, that, that one might be too much. Mm-hmm. You know, but for the most part, I can say them and still get a laugh. And it doesn't matter because I can say them in front of uh, a crowd that, you know, doesn't expect that, you know, if like, let's say I'm opening for someone and, you know, Anthony Jeselnik, mm-hmm. you know, he's a pretty, you know, his jokes are pretty out there, right? I mean, they're funny, but opening for him, I still had a good set, you know, and people didn't think, oh, well, you know what, this dude didn't even, you know, he was clean too, so. Do you feel know. like there's a misconception for new comedians coming up that, you know, to start off, you go for the, uh, you know the, the typical shock valued or or dick jokes and <clears throat> um yeah dude I guess so I don't know I mean I'm only, I'm only a little over six years in so I, I'm new as as it is you know I'm very new to doing comedy I'm just telling you what's worked for me you know personally and other things you know um what uh, Chris Johns Chris John you know hilarious man but he's not the cleanest comedian but dude that dude's funny you know. And he's getting a laugh, so it's whatever works for you, I guess. Right. You know, whatever is real for you. So I mean, like I said, if I don't talk that way, you know, and I even had like some crazy jokes before. And my wife's like, I don't know, that doesn't even sound like you. So I just ditch it. Which you just pointed out a very important factor, which I really believe in, is is finding a voice that is part of your personality. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's great being a character to a certain extent. Okay. But somehow that that character has to be based on something in in you. Yeah. And that's something I learned uh, early on because before comedy, stand-up at least, I was very much into writing. I was very much into screenwriting and poetry and stuff. So I I have a background already in writing. And one thing early on they taught me is like, write what you know, man. Don't write what you don't know. And that even includes yourself. If you're not writing what you know, you're basically an actor. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if you're not writing about you or about you know things that you're dealing with, then you're just going up there acting. So do you feel confident that you found your voice by now? Uh, no, I probably got a long ways to go. But I feel confident where... I, you know when it feels better when you're doing sets and you, you do good, you know, more than you do bad. So, you know, once that percentage of, you know, bombing goes down smaller... I think it's like, okay, I'm feeling better at it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and it don't, we all bomb, dude. I mean, you know, we all hear crickets, it happens. But if you could just bring that number down to where it's not as much, then you're doing great. Does your wife help you write? No. No. No, she likes to think. <laughs> she thinks she does, but no. So what's your writing process like? Uh, just if something if something happens, you know. I really, uh, I haven't sat down and like wrote out a joke. But if I'm thinking about something, you know. I'll work on it like that. You know, I'll research it. You know, right now I'm doing, I'm right on a joke uh, about paranoid schizophrenic, you know. So. How much research do you dedicate to a joke? Or is it more like, I find this funny, 
let's see what I can do with it. Uh, well, I like to look up like percentages and like uh, what do you call that? Um, Statistics. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, you know, looking them up and say, okay, uh, 40 percent of people do this, you know, and and I try to talk about things like I mean, I had this uh, joke about a uh, world star, but my brother's like, dude, not everyone's gonna know what that is. You know, if you go to a club, you might lose thirty percent of the crowd because you're like, what is that? You know, so. I think of things like that too. Like, You're referring to world star hip hop, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even yeah. I had it. I mean, I didn't. Wasn't 100 percent sure what you were talking about. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. that, and he pointed that out to me. He's like, dude, you know. So I try to write jokes that, uh, like, are evergreen, like will live forever. You know, I don't have to. It's not so topical. I can say it. You know, it's like, oh, here's one about my daughter, or here's one about my wife, here's one about me. You know, here's one about me growing up, or here, you know. Or I have jokes about shadows, my shadow, you know, or my inner voice, you know. So stuff that will never go away. It's always going to be funny. I could always use it, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you, man. Yeah. And uh, it seems like you have a great support system helping you out, forming your comedy. Mm-hmm. It's good to have. I think, uh, think, I think it's a factor a lot of people don't really consider is surrounding yourself with people you trust and people to help you out when it comes, you know, helping you write jokes and such yeah uh is that the case for you um yeah i mean i like sometimes i'll sit around with uh you know people or if we're driving around from gig to gig toss out taglines or you know jokes to one another yeah that's kind of cool do you how do you write Ooh. uh <laughs> pretty much uh if i sit down and think like see the way i write and the way i do I write stand-up jokes is drastically different you know, if I was writing a screenplay, I hammer it out. I, I have to isolate myself, essentially. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, f- like, jokes, the be- it's best when I'm out there. Just, you know, but whatever, hanging out anywhere. And something might cross my mind where I think it's funny. All right. And then I, I just go... At this point, I just go up to an open mic, see if it is funny. Okay. But when I first started out, I was part of a club, stand-up club at SJSU. Oh, is that where you went to school? Yeah, that's where I'm still going. Oh, okay. and are you still going there? Yeah. Oh, nice. And uh, and pretty much we'll, we'll write jokes where, we, like I said, you, if I think this is funny, I'll write it down. And I'll bring it up to them. Like, hey, you know, we do like a little stand-up routine, like a little open mic there, just among ourselves. All right. And they'll be like, hey, you know, maybe go this direction or whatever. Or, oh, that's or good, that, They throw a tag. Yeah. And vice versa, me as to them as well. And for me, starting out helped me essentially. It's like it's like it's not as simple well, as it makes sense, right? I mean, if yeah. you're sitting there in front of like five of your buddies and you're like, "Hey, you know, uh, so you know, whatever joke you're doing," and they're like, "Oh, dude, maybe if you said this at the end," so oh, okay, that sounds better. Or maybe use this word, you know, because it has a k, you know, to it. Yeah. That you know, I'm just saying, you know, it does help out for sure. And uh, how much have you seen yourself grown from six years when you first started out till now? Oh, a ton. Yeah, man, a lot. Uh, and you just notice that, like, by the audience. You know, that's the, that's the only judgment we have, right? Right. I mean, there's no... We're, we're like a one-man show, dude. This is it. You know, you're your own... It's like you sink or or you float, man. But it's like... So the more you more you, you do it, you know, it's the audience. That's it. They're going to tell you, oh, this dude was funny, you know? Mm. And for the most part, from the beginning, has your family been supportive? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. When you when you're like I'm doing stand up, oh, no, they dig it, man. They love it. Yeah, I mean, 
my dad, you know, he, he I, I, I call him up and I'm like, hey, dad, how you doing? And he just starts laughing automatically. <laughs> He's like, what's up, boy? What are you doing? You know, it's, it's hilarious. So he loves me doing comedy. Uh, my wife, you know. She's at the point now where, like, if I do a new joke, like, she doesn't even laugh no more. You know, <laughs> she's so used to it. <laughs> no, dude, yeah. It's like if I see her blink like three times in a row, I think, oh, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying I was good, you know? But yeah. And did you meet your wife before comedy? Yeah, I did. Yeah, we got married uh, before comedy, and then um, she's been real supportive, man. So how was your life before comedy? I'm curious. Uh, just working and. Uh, what line of work? I was an electrician for a long time, you know, and now I uh, I deal with like laboratory equipment and stuff, you know, but yeah. And growing up in high school, all those high school years. Uh, well, I didn't go to high school, man. I uh, I got a GED. GED at what age? Uh, well, when I was twenty one. Twenty one. <laughs> Way back, yeah. So uh, I got a GED. Um, Were you having a rough time in school? Is that what you did? Yeah, man. School. No, nah, I basically just cut school. School, I mean, you know. Didn't care for it? No, nah, it wasn't my it wasn't my thing at the time, you know what I mean? I didn't, uh, I'd rather hang out with my friends. And you went to high school in Richmond, right? Mm, no, I didn't. What? I uh, Actually, I grew up there, but then we moved. Um, uh, I went to, like, Pinole, so I'd take the bus to, like, Pinole. Where's Pinole? Uh, it's just, like, a city over. Okay. A couple cities over. Obviously, I'm not familiar with that area. We used my uncle's address, uh-huh. and I would just go to Pinole. And then uh, high school, I didn't really, go, I didn't go to high school at all. I mean, I went to like maybe tenth grade, and then I was out. Sounds like you have a pretty rough childhood. Was it a rough childhood? No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't rough. It just more obstacles, and you're like, fuck it, just yeah, yeah, got to deal uh, with it. It was, it was different. It was different. It was different. You know what I mean? So, and then. Um, yeah, that was it, man. I didn't really gotta go to. I went to some community college after I. Yeah, the whole point is I got my GED, you know, so I can go to school, because you know to go to college to be an electrician. So, they getting those courses through their program. I needed a GED, so that's why I went back and got that, and then I started doing the electrical work, which was cool, man. I built a, a bunch of prisons like in Arizona, and all that. You and went I, to prison to work in a prison, or you went to prison? No, I built the prisons from ground up. Oh, you built the prisons? Yeah, yeah. No shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and no time in this in time period. Uh, were Comedy you, wasn't even in my mind, dude. But anything else, writing-wise, artistic-wise? Uh, just skateboarding. I love skating. Were you big on skateboarding? Oh, yeah. Dude, grew up skating all the time. You still do it? Uh, you know what, man? Um, the last time I broke my arm, it was in uh, dropping it on this bowl in, in Fairfield. Mm-hmm. They had the skate park there, and I dropped in. And I broke my arm. Pretty much after that, I just cruise with it. I'll take it to show sometimes. Like if I'm doing a show in the city, hop on the bar, and I'll just skate to the show. But other than that, nah, I'm not trying to. I, I had a skateboarding phase when I was like uh, 12. No, 14. <laughs> 14 away. Just for it was like only for oh, a couple. Just 14. Just yeah, <laughs> only for a couple months. Like, yeah. I was like, I want to try skateboarding. And there was, and I, I couldn't even ollie. I couldn't do. I, I, I had the hardest time well, even like, going straight. That's just like comedy too, right? <laughs> right? I mean, skateboarding. You can't just hop on and think it's gonna happen. Right. You gotta practice, man. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and after like a couple months, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really good at this, mm-hmm. so I'm out. You know what, too, man? Maybe that's why I, I like stand up because skateboarding is more of like an independent thing too. You know, you're you're practicing on your own. You're doing your own tricks. You're not doing it for nobody but yourself. So maybe that's kind of like the same thing as stand-up. 
I do it on my own, you know? Mm-hmm. Not doing any, just myself. That's it. And uh, I, you have some kind of a podcast going on, right? Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I hesitate. I, I hesitate because I shouldn't, though. Because I've uh, listened to some of your stuff where you, you interview comedians you open up for, I, I assume, or these. Uh, no, I, um, so, so far I've interviewed uh, Robert Kelly. Uh, he's a comedian out of New York. Yeah, he was at the Punchline in San Francisco. And I was doing a show at Cobb's. And I hit him up on Twitter. I said, hey, man, I'm going to be over here. I see you're over there. You mind if I stop by? And the, uh, the podcast is called uh, The 5-Minute Guest Set. So it's a 10-minute podcast, you know, something quick, boom. And you know, it's on SoundCloud, right? Yeah. 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 On SoundCloud. And so, so I went over to The Punchline, talked with Robert, dude, coolest dude ever. I'm a, I'm a fan of his anyhow. You know, I listen to the the You Know What Dude podcast, YKWD. If you if you haven't listened to that, check that out. It's a awesome podcast. And then um, I did an interview with Mark Norman. You know who Mark is? Mark Norman. Yeah. No. He's, he's also out of New York. <laughs> he's also out of New York. Um, he was at uh, Rooster Teeth Feathers, and I hit him up. I'm like, hey man, you know, I see you coming to town. Love to get together and uh. Do a small interview. He said, yeah, dude, come on over. Went over there, did that. Mark's a cool dude. He does a podcast, uh, Tuesdays with Stories. I listen to a lot of podcasts. So, I mean, do you listen to a lot of podcasts? Uh, it's funny you say that. Before I started doing podcasting, yeah. not so much. Honestly, I would listen to Mark Maron, <laughs> Rogan, a couple. Um, and, and we were just talking about that before, about Mark Maron. Uh, yeah. This Monday coming up, he's, he's interviewing. Uh, interviewing uh, the president, man. Which I think is great. I mean, Obama. Uh, like, uh, because I'm leading up to that. Where you're doing a podcast, mm-hmm. I'm doing a podcast, obviously, because we're listening, you know, somebody's listening to this right now, hopefully. Yeah. And once I got into podcast, all right. like, I started paying more attention to it. Okay. I was like, all right, what what am I really getting myself into here? Yeah. And, 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 and that's where I was like, whoa, a lot of people have podcasts around here in the Bay Area itself. And then not only that, but there's this huge universe of podcasts yeah. in the world. And, you know, and that's where, you know, I, I started looking into them. I was like, wow, it's, this is very... Uh, well, this is cool, man, because you're, yeah. you're doing it yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You're it, creating something. Like, I don't have a boss. I could have any guest I want. We yeah. could talk about anything I want. We want. Yeah. I. Uh, and... We, yeah. Hold on. This whole team here. <laughs> <laughs> and... So now I do pay attention to other people's podcasts. And for the most part, I, I'm very supportive of it now. I'm like pro-podcast now. Because, you yeah. know, there's this debate of radio versus podcast. And I think both have their their, their pros and cons. Yeah. Don't, but, you, don't you feel like uh, as, a, as a comic, like it's our job to create something? Like definitely. When, when you had that, uh, okay, you got a podcast here. When you had that room going over at the coffee house, mm-hmm. you know, that show going. You're, you're doing something for the comedy community, man. You know yeah. what I mean? You're, you're doing something for it. You're creating stage time for people. Like, I had a, I ran a room for uh, three and a half years or three years over there in Gilroy, all right, at Station 55. I ran a, um, a room before that at a wine bar for a year. And then I also ran uh, for a year um, the, uh, the Playhouse Theater in Morgan Hill. Dude. And not only did it help me just because I'm hosting all these things, you know what I mean, every week. You know, I got to come up with something, something new. You know, I don't want people to get like, oh, dude, not this one again. You know, this joke. So I got to come up with something new. So I'm, I'm, I'm helping myself. Like you said, you know, you're helping yourself. 
but then also you're creating so much stage time for others, you know? And then if you get it to the point where like, okay, I can give these guys some money too, dude, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it takes everyone to do that. Everyone should do that. Everyone who's listening, go start a room. What was the first room you started? Was it Station 55? No, um, it was a wine bar, Divine Jazz and Wine. They're out of business now, but um, I ran that show every Wednesday. And, dude, I'd pack the place out, and it was a free show, and I'd have a tip jar, but I'd, like, come up with tipping games, you know? And people, man, dude, we got tips sometimes, like, $350 in tips. Wow. What kind of tippy games were these? <laughs> well, I had one, like, the hot potato. So I got a cardboard box, put tinfoil around it, made it shaped like a potato. Yeah. And I said, listen, the, this tip the hot potato needs to go around. It cannot stop the entire show. Every time it comes by, you throw a buck in it. Right? And this thing's going around. People are putting stuff in there, man. Big tips. Had another one where I, I went around town and I'd get like sponsors like, hey, how you doing? I put on this show. Uh, you got anything you can donate? I'll, I'll uh, advertise for you. Promote your business, you know. Oh, yeah, no problem. Here's a gift certificate, 25 bucks. Okay, cool. Thank you. Oh, oh yeah, here, here, man. Here's this. Uh, free pizza or something. You know what I mean? Whatever. Free wine. So I had this big bag, you know, full of bottles of wine, gift certificates, all this stuff, man. Probably like $300 worth of stuff. And I told, I put envelopes on every table. I said the, the envelope with the highest amount of do- dollar amount in it gets this bag. Hmm. Dude. Wow. Yeah. And That's fucking genius. How did you come up with this stuff? I don't know, man. I was broke, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Desperation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mama needed a new pair of shoes. I don't, I'm just saying, you know, like, you just come because you want to pay everyone, man. You want to help people out, you know. Like, I had it over there at that wine bar. Half of the tips would go to the headliner, you know. So, Kellen Erskine, one time, he was headlining. I gave him like 150 bucks, you know, to come out and do 25 minutes, you know. So. That's our job, man, to create. That goes for all the comedians listening to, man. Yeah. Create something. You yeah. know, do something, man. Don't be selfish. Yeah. No. no, I don't know. And get it. No, and get out. <laughs> yeah. Don't be like uh, Jorge. Don't, don't be like me, man. Be like Sam Meek over here. Better example. <laughs> and then the same thing we were talking about barking, you know, people in the shows. Everyone should do that. You think if I was out there by myself bringing those people in, can you imagine if there's two or three people out there? Hmm. You know, making it feel like a a good vibe you know making people feel like dude we gotta go see this show there's three people out here telling us we gotta go see this let's go see it where was Divine at where's this place at uh, that was in Morgan Hill so it seems there uh, is Morgan Hill a good time for comedy sounds like it is I started it or you know I, I didn't start it over there actually Wes Hoffman had the playhouse from going for years but I really kind of like I wanted to bring something closer to my house you know I live in Morgan Hill so I wanted to have something there. And that's why when I got that show going in Gilroy. Have you, did you ever go out there? To Gilroy? Yes. And I'm not really the biggest fan of Gilroy. Did but, you go out to Station 55 uh, at all? I went to a, I went to an open mic. I went to... I, I don't remember. Okay. It, it used to be Pete Muniz's room. But when I went there, Dave Stolowitz was uh, oh, okay. hosting. So I don't know what the deal was. Well, at that show, I did it every Wednesday night. And... I'd have the bar, you know, he'd give me, you know, 175 bucks. So 75 bucks for me, I get the headliner 100. And then tips, you know, we go through other comedians, you know, everyone would get free food, you know, free drinks. And it really helped out a lot of people, man. 
I had some people say, dude, that was my first time where I felt like I was doing something, closing out a show, getting paid for it. Mm. You know, I've had comedians tell me like, dude, you made me feel as if, you know, I was something, man. Like for that night, you know, like, boom, dude, you know, yeah. and it's true, right? Cause I had the same feeling, man. If I'm going to do a show and let's say someone's like, Hey man, we're going to give you a couple hundred bucks to do this. I'm telling my wife, like, this is it, baby. I'm on my way. Look at y'all yeah. be like, 10 minutes. I get out, you know, whatever. But it's a good feeling, man, because, you know, it makes that person feel good. It makes you feel good because you're able to create a good show, a good showcase. And the crowd, they're going to come back out. You know, they're going to come back out. If you continue to put on good shows, I mean, they're going to be there. Gonna Content tell, is king. Yeah, they're going to tell their friends about it, you know. So that's how it is. You so, know, after a show, I'd go up to everyone and be like, hey, shake their hand. Thanks so much for coming out. I hope to see you next week. Tell your buddies about the show. Come on out, you know. So that's what that was. Yeah, wow. And but Morgan Hill, great place for comedy it seems. Or and you said you you built a little comedy scene here there? I thought I did. Yeah. 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 You thought you did? I, I yeah, I think I did, man. Like uh in Morgan Hill Gilroy. I thought, you know. How was the crowd over there? Good. Good. Yeah, good people. I mean, they'd come out, so even better. Mm. You know. If they're willing to come out on a Wednesday night, man, they're willing to, you know, have some beers. They're willing, you know, they're going to be down to laugh. So, do you feel there's an advantage over there since, uh, you know, there's nothing else going on? Something along those lines, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, you know, I mean, everyone loves comedy, man. You know, do you get that feeling when you tell people like, "Hey, I do stand up," they get all excited? Yeah, almost too excited. Uh, exactly. But oh, 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 I'm like, I, I feel like people like the idea of a comedian, mm-hmm. but then. I don't think, especially now with with, with uh, comedy, the, the climate with comedy in, in 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 the United States right now, when it comes to, you know, political correctness, like we got people like in Seinfeld complaining about colleges, and we got people like, uh, you know, Bill Mayer, you know, c- kind of like this wave where uh, a lot of people are putting putting comedians on blast of of the material they do. Okay. And so I think you know now it's like people like the idea of the comedian. But they're very, uh, I think it could be polarizing once they, they really get in, like, like, they may think I'm, I'm like, Corey's a comedian, awesome. But once they hear my stuff, yeah, I think it's maybe they could be turned away more easily than before, I feel. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does so, it really? I don't, I just think it didn't make any sense. Well, to you, I mean, you're saying. You're, <laughs> it made sense to me. That's it. You're talking about yourself. So you're yeah. saying like, you're telling your buddies like, hey man, I do stand up. They're excited about it. <laughs> but then you're also, you're bringing yourself down by saying, and then they watch my set and they're like, oh, okay. Well, I have nobody to do that. I mean, let's see. Not my buddy specifically. I guess what I'm trying to say is, do you feel political correctness is, is, even exists as a problem to comedy? Not for me. Not for you. Nah, I don't, I don't even... I don't even do jokes like that. So, I mean, if someone gets uh, offended by what I say, man, it's probably like on a riff or something. If I'm, you know. Have you ever offended somebody before? Um, I don't think so. No, I don't even get heckled that often. I don't do no crowd work. I try not to do crowd work, man. Why is that? Because it, it, it sucks, you know. It's like, it's hard. You don't like crowd work? No, but you know what, though? There's times where you can play off the crowd. You know, if something happens... Then you can make uh, something funny about it, but for the most part, I'm not looking for it. You know, I'm not. Hey, what are you guys doing here tonight? You know, that's not me. You know, I'd rather do jokes, just joke, 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 and then I'm out. 
and do you ever worry about like what's the worst heckler experience you had um not i mean nothing where it hurt me or made me feel bad you know i've had some people yell out things but i was able to play off of it you know what i mean like i have one clip where i uh you know i'm talking about a new cologne called the panty dropper you know like i don't know the name of it it's, my friend keeps calling it the panty dropper uh-huh. you know you spray it on the lady's panties just drop and i had a guy yell out it's not working you know and the crowd just roared ah! going crazy right and once they calmed down i'm like not for you and they just went up even further you know what i mean right so that type of stuff like that might happen but like somebody actually booing me i don't know i've been booed never been booed no ever <laughs> i hope not never yeah. you don't even have real wood in here i would knock on something <laughs> i think that shelf over there maybe oh. maybe i don't know um but for the most part you stay away from crowd work i find that fascinating is this is it from the beginning or, or is it you know, a I mean, recent a lot of development? A lot of headliners or a lot of you know headliners like that they, they don't want somebody coming up there and doing crowd work. Yeah. I heard about this. I had a guest here who talked about that. Yeah, because uh, I guess when a opener does crowd work, the crowd expects to continue on with the next comedian. Yeah, it's our job. I think it's our job as an opener. You know, if you're an MCing, which is like the hardest job to do. You're going out there cold, right? The MC, man, their job is to get the people in line. You know, they're not there to see you. But you're there to train them, like to teach them, like, okay, man, these are jokes. Here we go. Boom, laugh. You know, boom, boom, laugh. That's your job as the MC. Get them in that mind frame of, these are jokes, man. You're at a comedy show. We're going to have a good time. All right? Your next comedian, you know, bring them in. Boom. And then they're already in line. They're ready. But you know what I mean? So as an MC, that's your job, man. Your job's not to sit there and go around the room, you know. Hey, uh, what do you do for a living? You know, I, it's too uh, unpredictable for me, man. Because somebody, you know, a lot of people out there are funny. You know, they'll, they'll throw one-liners at you. It's like, oh, okay. He just, that audience member just killed. <laughs> and uh, being unpredictable, like, so you prefer to things to be structured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, uh... I just want to go out there, tell jokes. I mean, we all have like a set list in our head. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of got away from like writing it down and putting it next to me. You know what I mean? Like maybe I'll have it in my pocket. So if I really go blank on stage, which I've gone blank on stage. I don't know if you have. I have. Yes. It's a horrible feeling, right? It is. You're thinking about everything. I space but out. Comedy, yeah. You know, you're like, you're, you start sweating. But so if I really do go blank, then hey man, I got to pull it out of my pocket. Yeah, and I'll put it on the stool. Actually, uh, uh, I was listening to uh, when I started out. I was listening to like, um, I guess it's uh, this was Ralphie May giving right. some kind of a, a lecture. Okay, and that's one of the things he said is be professional even from the start. You know, don't don't always go up there with like a notebook. Always yeah, do your best to to, that's to come I, off professional. And the same thing when I'm on stage, I don't joke about my job, my day job. Because these people, they're paying like, you know, 15 to 20 bucks to get in to see a show. They don't want to know about me working. These people have been working all day. You know what I mean? I mean, I look at it as like, you know, does it make sense to you? Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like people, they go to a show, they're like, oh, this dude, he just had lunch today at work too. No, it's like, <laughs> no, man. No, you, it, you're an, you have an entertainer's mindset. We're here to entertain the people, not to remind them so much of their life as well. 
yeah, I don't want them knowing I work too. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I've been working all day. My back is killing me right now. Yeah, I don't want. I don't. And uh, it just seems to me like the more they think like, oh, this dude's a star. You know, even though he might be, you know, because when they go to the uh, show at the Punchline or Improv, they're going to, to see professionals. And if you're getting paid to do a show, man, you're a professional. So. Yeah, we need to get some shots, man. What's going on? Yeah, we can do that. I see you got. What would you like? What do you got? Cognac, uh, whiskey. I think it's whiskey. I got Buchanan. Vodka. There you go. We'll take a shot of that. This. Yeah. All All right. right. This episode is brought to you by Buchanan. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, we got sponsors, folks. Tell me to stop. And it's not. There we go. There you go. There we go. See, we're getting too serious, guys. We need to mellow down. Go to a. No, this is great, though, man. Here, cheers. Cheers. What episode is this? What number? You would be 16, I believe. Sweet 16, baby, right here. Mmm. Oh, that went down good. Yeah. All right. Tell them all about it. Tell them, come to JMS Podcast and you get good booze. Free liquor cabinet. Or no, not free. Jorge's got to pay. Or Jorge's dad's got to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> paying for it in this house. <laughs> this is cool. You live with your folks. I do, yes. How old are you? Uh, I'm 25. How do, you, how do you like that? Is that cool? Is that, <laughs> how's that helping you out with the ladies? Uh, not so much. Well, then again. Um, <laughs> not so much. I don't think it matters, really. Because, let's see. I moved out once. Uh-huh. Okay. I lived with uh, roommates. So don't get any ladies. <laughs> so I moved back then. Um, <laughs> but then again, you know, I'm too busy to really do anything like that. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. So you, you're going to school? You go to, uh, you're a Spartan? I, 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 I like how, you know, this podcast interview is going the other way around now. Oh, I'm a bad. Okay. No, no, I don't mind at all. I don't mind at all. Yeah, I'm a Spartan. You know, I'm a big Spartans fan, man. Are you? I love going to the football games. You go to the games? Uh, I only been to like one, not so much. My father-in-law, man, he's been uh, a season uh, ticket holder f- like since the '80s. Same seats, wow. dude. And we go all the time. We go to every game. Really? So you were back when Jeff Garcia was quarterback? Oh, I haven't been going there the oh. whole time. No, he has. Yeah, he, he knows everything about the game over there. Is he an SJSU alumni? Uh, no. no, no, he just loves football, dude. You know what I'm saying? You fall in love with the game. That's so. true. Were you? Did you play any sports? No, just skateboarding. Skateboarding. How about you, sports? Did you do competitive skateboarding? No. Whatever that means. I don't know what that no, means. No, It means we were just out all day long. You know, we didn't have, like, video games? Like, you play video games? When I was younger. I have no time for them now. Okay. That sounds weird, being I, a 25-year-old saying that, but yeah, it's true. No, it's, it's that's good. Because, like, I never played video games, man. I was always outside. Like, my mom, like, Saturday morning, all right, open the door, you're gone. Uh-huh. Just go out there, play, you know? Go skate all day. So we'd skate, man. We'd hop on the BART, go to the city. You know, my parents think I'm down the street. I'm really, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> I'm really at Embarcadero, you know, just tearing it up. Yeah, yeah I played sports. Uh, sorry. I know you asked me. Um, yeah, uh, I did football for about two years. High school? Yeah. Oh, okay. And and then, uh, you know, soccer growing up. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah. All right, cool. What, what, I don't want to take over the podcast. I don't mind. What other let's, take it, let's take it where it goes. Let's see where it goes. I see you have a list there, man. What do you got on your list? Let's see. I have the, your signature saying uh, you, I have, you have, I have permission to record your voice. 
And here I put my notes. I guess this is the ins- behind the, the scenes of Jamin's podcast. But one side, it's like Cornell style notes. Where it's, I have notes, you know, topics just in case I blank out, I could refer to. Okay. You know, and then I fix this. Like just what's, in, what's your first topic? Of course, comedy. Of course. Okay, what's your second one? Uh, inspirations, which we gone over. All right. And then, what else? Oh, yeah, I didn't ask this. Uh, you've been performing uh, all over a lot of places. I, I've seen you at the improv, at the... Uh, yeah, I'm really... Uh, yeah, the improv, man. That, that's basically... The, you know, that's the main club that works me, the improv. Uh, and uh, have, what's, have you performed outside Bay Area? Uh, no, not really. Not really? What's no. the farthest you performed at? Um, I guess like up past Sacramento, you know, to Salinas and everywhere everywhere in between. I mean, there's so much comedy in the Bay Area, dude. Oh, you know, I did go down to L.A. Really? How, how did that go? Uh, just open mics, you know, type of thing. Uh, I went down there. It was an open mic tour. No, I went down there to stand in line for Last Comic Standing, and uh, what it's so it was so ridiculous, man. I mean, we went down there, me and some friends, uh, Drew Polt. You know Drew? Yeah, Drew, I, I see. I see my Woodhams. Yeah, so me, Drew, and uh, Jesse Castro. You know Jesse? That's not funny. Okay, well us three, right? We hopped in Jesse's Mustang when he had a Mustang at the time. Rolled down there. Hopped in line, man. It was like the biggest thing, you know. Oh man, I got a ninety seconds of pure fire, you know. And then like we never were weren't even seen. It was so, it was like when they did it. But how was the process? You you wait in line. We didn't know the process, man. We just thought you get in line and you'll be seen, uh-huh. you know. But it's not true. They have they have people already picked out, you know. They already. It's a whole thing. Oh, it's, a, it's a bullshit kind of. It the process is. they got going it is man they got cameras that you know you see all these crazy people coming out in costumes it's like you're there for the tv the show mm-hmm. they want to make it look as if everyone had a shot and that, that's not how it was and i think the new one that came out they realized they were getting over on people so they stopped doing that now it's like i guess it's booked you know which is better i'd rather be booked than like playing off of people's dreams you know is the ultimate goal for you in comedy is to be performing those kind of venues no i thought it was cool you know i mean any type of credit is going to be awesome but you like to be like eventually on tv and so on or are you you I, i think the more credits you get like the more stuff you do yeah the more shows you're able to do does it make sense right i mean let's say you're running a room Uh and you got a guy say hey I, i was on conan right to another guy like hey man i was just over there on third street last night remember you know what i mean yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like oh who are you gonna pick <laughs> i mean honestly who would you pick me the guy on conan uh, myself actually oh no, yeah yeah of course the guy on conan okay so i'm uh, just saying any type of thing like that is just a plus i think people do those shows not to become big but just to be able to do more shows because mm-hmm. it opens you know doors i'm sure Right. Well, I guess what I'm really asking is, what are your aspirations in the future? Like, Do you want to be a club comic where you just go around club, comedy clubs? Or do you much prefer to be someone who's like on TV? I just want to do stand-up, man. Like right now, like I said, you know, I'm working at the Improv in San Jose. You know, they, uh, they're, real, they're real good about getting me out there a couple times, a few times a year, which is awesome, man. That's great. You know, to get out there like twice a year or something, that's cool. And then... I got my first weekend uh, at Rooster Teeth Feathers in July, hosting, emceeing, you know, five uh, it's five nights, or was it, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This upcoming July? Yeah. 
Guys, this upcoming July, check out Sam Meeker at Rooster Teeth Feathers on... Um, it's the end of the July to... I think it's the J- July 30th uh, through August 2nd. Uh, James Adobian, he's headlining. Do you know him? Uh, who? James Adobian. Damn, man, you make me look so bad on the show. Like, <laughs> if you point out these comedians' names, I'm like... I, <laughs> and then uh, and here, I thought I knew almost everybody. And, and, and you're pointing out these names. Oh, fuck me. And then uh, Reggie Still is featured. Do you know Reggie? Reggie. <laughs> Go yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go fuck myself after this show. <laughs> I know. You know the top five. I, I, I think people people are gonna listen to this podcast and be like, you know, Jorge's full of shit. Yeah, dude, what kind of comic to... is this guy? <laughs> this, this guy's a hack. He didn't know who so and so is. No, but I mean, so that's gonna be my first weekend over there at Rooster Teeth Feathers. Man, that's an awesome club. You've been there. Yeah, you've I, seen I, it. You I, know, I like it. Uh, it's 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 it has, it's very intimate. It took me a long time to to get in there, man. You know, I had to go and audition a couple times, a few times, and, you know, and then the, the booker, you know, she'd give you, like, points, you know, like, hey, you know what, you're doing great, I like your jokes, maybe, you know, this, this, and that, and instead of getting upset with it, I'd just be like, okay, you know, next time, I'll try something different, or, you know, and that's kind of how I, I got in there. Do you used to be upset with criticism, or are you still no. too? No, 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 when people say, I mean, especially if somebody that's going to give you work. Yeah, and they're telling you what they want, you know. Yeah, it's like okay, it's so, a good point. I know some people will probably lose their shit if someone criticize their material. No, dude, because it's it's their opinion. Right. You know what I'm saying? Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. That's it. So, yeah, but eventually, you know, she uh, emailed me and said, "Yeah, you know," I said, "Cool." So, so that's my goal, man. I want to be able to work, not just one or two clubs. I want to be able to go around and work all these clubs. You know what I mean? Because just the more time you're on stage, man, the more shows you do. I mean, in between, do bar shows, do shows in laundromats, do shows wherever, you know, and just keep doing them. That's what I want to do. Because every time you, the more and more you do it, man, the, the better you're going to get. Yeah, you know? very true. I think that holds true for so many things across yeah. the board, whether it's writing, whether it's filming, whether it's stand-up music. Yeah, you won't get better till you yeah. keep doing it. I see you. Uh, like you had your guitar that that one night. Um, oh shit, that's embarrassing. Uh, when? Why? I'm just saying you played good, man. Remember uh, you're you're out there on the corner uh, singing, <laughs> uh, busking maybe. Uh, is this was this that for Scotty? Yeah. See, it wasn't the first night though. It was another time I went there. It wasn't okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing is after you did your your uh, barking. Is that what it's called? Barking. Mm-hmm. I was so inspired by it. I was like, you know what? I, and then, I, like I said, I was out there going like, yeah, free comedy show, this and that. Wasn't working out. So, like, what if I bring out a guitar out there and start singing some tunes, get oh, people in there? People start throwing quarters at you? No. Get a sandwich, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I think that. I think I annoyed my friends more than the actual people. My friends are like, oh, this guy brought his guitar. Yeah. Now, do you remember that one guy that was outside the coffee shop there? And you're like, I can't believe you got that guy to come in. He never comes in. You remember that? What guy? It was like an older guy out there. and he- <gasps> Rick. Yeah. Oh, his name's Rick? Rick? Yeah. Dude, that guy's like the mayor of, like, you know, de facto mayor of that street. Uh, oh, okay. He knows yeah. everybody. He knows anybody. And... He he would always watch the comedy shows from the outside, and and he'll he'll praise yeah, me. And I got him to come in. Yeah, he like he was like, "Oh hey, you know, I'm, it's pretty cool what you're doing here, you know." And and, and I was like, "Why don't you come in, Rick?" He's like, "Ah, eh, I much prefer to watch it out here, get myself yeah. a smoke." I'm like, and for the longest time, I was like, "Rick, check out the show, check out 
and then, like, and then, then uh, when you came, you got him in there. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. This guy got skills. Just talking to him. Man. <laughs> I, I was like, Rick, what are you doing out here, man? You're twiddling your thumbs. Get in there. You know, laugh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that was cool, man. Oh, my God. But, yeah. So, that's where I, I want to go with stand-up, man. I just want to do uh, a lot of shows, and I just want to continue to grow, um, continue to get better, man, and and do something for comedy, man. Do something for stand-up. You know, it's a community, man. It really is, right? It, yes. I think... Oh my god, dude! You're hitting on so many good notes that I believe in, where you can't really think of the I anymore, no, or at all, at any point, because you really gotta think of your fellow. I mean, some may call it competition, but in my opinion, it's, it's if you pull each other up, yeah, everyone's winning. Now you can sit there and you can get jealous of like, oh man, so and so got that. Why yeah. didn't I get that? Or you can say, so and so got that. I mean, do you know what? I can get that too. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I mean, somewhere in the middle, I, I was victim to that, actually, once. Oh, you were? Once, where one guy got an improv, like, a couple weeks in. I'm like, what the fuck? And, like, it, yeah. But then, but then, like, after, like, a week, I was like, you know, that's such a stupid mentality for me to have. It is. Because, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe there's something he's doing right that I'm doing wrong. I don't know. And yeah. thing is, I, I should be concentrating on more on my shit and then what other successes. Yeah. I mean, I would rather see people that i do you know we're going around doing shows with you know i'd rather see them succeed because it like i said man it just makes me feel like oh man look at it this guy he got that and he's doing the same show as i was just last year you know we were doing the same thing mm-hmm. that makes me like think okay you know what it's possible like i can i can maybe do that too so i don't yeah. know and you know the thing about comedy too man is like as soon as we set a goal you know like oh man i want to work here it's so funny because once you start working there, then it's like that goal is like, okay, now you need a new goal. Right. All right I want to start doing this. I want to start doing that. You know, so if you just continue to make goals for yourself too, mm-hmm. you know, there's no end to it. I don't think there's an end. I don't know if there is or not. I think it's the first time in my podcast uh, that I'm going to throw this out there. But usually I tell people, I've come from football. I have a f- American football mentality to life. Okay. Because let's break down football to what it really is. Right. What it is is you're starting from one side of the field and you got to carry this ball to the other side of the end field, right? Yeah. Bare bones, that's your goal. Okay. Now, you got a group of people who are stronger than you, talented, faster than you, and whose sole goal is to make sure you don't reach yours. Yeah. So the chances of you throwing a Hail Mary to, to the end goal is slim. You know, you probably make it, get lucky or not if you got a really good yeah. team. But the point is, is, that's why we have the first downs because they're the smaller goals. And, okay, the, and, and, and the more you reach those smaller goals to the end zone, yeah. the percentage of you succeeding that ultimate goal becomes higher. This will be in Jorge's book. Go ahead. Yes, that will be in my book, the playbook <laughs> yeah. of, life, three. of life. Uh, and, and at the same time, a quarterback can do it alone. He needs his linemen. He needs to receive. He needs, you know, just like, you know, the community, you know, the person needs the community as much as the community needs the person. Okay. And that's what I'm talking about is if I want to succeed in anything, I can't do it alone. I got, I need friends. I need support people. I need people. I need to work for people. And yeah. I need people to work for me. Yeah. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and like I said, you're hitting so many great notes that, that, that really, I, I feel, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. You're awesome, man. That's cool. Uh, we uh, anything you want to add on? No, are we already out of time? We are at the one hour mark. Oh, uh, do you have a certain amount of time you have to do? 
not really. I mean, I say one hour mark usually we start closing down, but it doesn't mean you have to immediately close down. Okay. But well, let's let's uh, take one more. Let's take one more shot. There we go. For the same for the, or any? Uh, same's fine. You ever had Buchanan's before? Uh, yeah. More or is that no, it's fine. There we go. It's five. It's five o'clock somewhere. Exactly. Right. Right here, man. To a, to a great uh, hour mark of the podcast. To uh, to the game of football. To the game of football. But do you agree for the most part? What I'm saying. Yeah. Goals. Yeah. Goals. Start smelling smaller. Start. I'm slurring already. Mm-hmm. Start setting smaller goals. This is when it starts getting good, people. Uh, starts uh, setting smaller goals to reach the ultimate goal. That's okay. what I'm saying. Get. Start marking your first downs. And just have fun. Oh yeah, definitely have fun. Have, just ha- have fun, man. I think that's the key thing about stand up is you gotta have fun. Stand up. It's you, depressing. You, dude. you gotta love doing it. Or you know else? what? We all get depressed too. Oh yeah. Right. More than others, maybe. I think so, man. As comedians, man, we get like, I know for a fact if I have a bad show or if I, you know, like, man, I can't, you know, I'm trying to write a joke or something's on my mind. I can't get to it. I get depressed. And then, you know, it brings me back up. Boom. Stand up. It's like, oh, I'm back again. Ah, I feel like good. You know, what's going on? Where we? Yeah, let's go party, you know, whatever. Do you feel like stand up's therapeutic to you? Uh, Yeah, it makes me feel good. Uh, nice. You know, I feel good doing it. Yeah. And I was saying that you, you got to feel good doing it. It's funny, man, because, you know, you, we say, what were you doing before comedy? What were you doing before stand-up? And I'm thinking, uh, nothing. You know, I mean, I was just, you know, you go out drinking, you go out hanging out, watching shows, you know, whatever, movies, you know what I mean? But, like, and then stand-up comes in, it's like, it kind of took me over, you know? I don't know if it's taking you over or taking you over yet, but, it, like, this took me over, like, okay, this is what I do now. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I'm not going to go to that, you know, or like sports, dude. I used to love watching sports. Now I, I couldn't tell you who's on what team. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. I mean, it's like the Warriors, you know, we're playing. I'm not a big hoops fan, but, you know, they just won the championship. Uh-huh. And I had a friend. He's like, hey, dude, I got box seats, you know, or I might get a chance to get box seats for one of the playoff games. And. If I do, do you want to go? I was like, no, man, I got a show that night. Can you believe that? I do. Actually, I had a similar uh, yesterday, the parade, the Warriors parade. Yeah. I, I, was, I had an option of going to that. Okay. But but then uh, I made, uh, there was a, a friend of mine is making a film in Gilroy. I hate Gilroy. I don't hate it. I just don't have, but she yeah. she's shooting. You're, you're losing she, all your Gilroy fans right now. Uh, she's shooting uh, a film. Over there, and she okay. wanted me to have a cameo. All right. So here, oh, yeah. you know, oh, you already doing cameos, nice. All yeah. right. And I'm like, and I said, I much rather be over there, you know, just waiting on the film set. Yeah. And and possibly, I mean, I don't have to have speaking lines, but the fact that I'm on the film set and doing something, yeah, that would maybe later help my exposure, or maybe you know, I took that over going to the parade and having fun and drinking with a bunch of my friends. Yeah. So I, I guess on on some level I, I do I do see where you're coming from. Yeah, and I, I posted that you know like a status update about that you know, and some people were like, "Dude, you're crazy, man! What are you doing? You know, this is not." But in my mind, I'm thinking, dude, I'd rather much go. I was doing a show at Doc's Lab that night. Have you ever done that one in the city? 
No, not yet. I, I've only done... Well, people Europa. listening, if you're ever in San Francisco, uh, Doc's Lab, uh, it's over there on Columbus. Dope room, dude. It's tight. Uh-huh. Perfect for stand-up. It's the old uh, Purple Onion uh, where that used to be. Uh-huh. And they just redid the whole place, man. Uh, it's a cool spot, man, for stand-up. For sure. So you were over there? Yeah. You were that, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was out there barking too, man. Because everyone was going to the Warriors game. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, I got to get somebody in here. So we did. We actually had a, like maybe a crowd of like 20 or so, 25. I know sometimes uh, people, comedians, they uh, they don't like it when there's games on open mic nights. Oh, yeah. I think it caused a problem. Yeah. I just looked at a place uh, yesterday, and I, I'm going to go talk to the owner. It's a place in Union City, <clears throat> and they have this side room to their restaurant, which would be perfect for stand-up, dude. So I'm going to really go talk to that guy and see if I can't get something going there. Because there's no TVs in there, you know? It's just stand-up. Boom. Do you find it easy to, to talk to owners about setting up a comedy show? Yeah, dude, it is. It's a lot. When you go in there and you're telling a guy, listen, hey, man, Wednesday night, I'm telling you, I'm going to put 30 to 40 people in here eating your food, drinking your beer. Who would turn that down? Yeah. yeah. I, sh- I, I should have opened up with that because I, I tried to do another room. All right. Because, you know, after Friscati, I was like, I need, I need to get back on there. Cause okay. I'm, even now, I feel like I should start hosting again. I feel it. Yeah. But, and a guy, uh, and he's like, you know, I had comedians try to do open mic here, and, and he had a bad experience. And he just shut me out completely. Well, now, then that's what you tell him. Say, I'm not doing an open mic. I'm going to be booking comedians. Th- that's the thing, is I want to do a showcase, not an open mic anymore. Yeah. And that's why I'm doing a showcase where I have you know control of the comedians that perform. Yeah, I have experience in setting events, it, not even stand up. I've done film festivals. I've done so many other things. And he still is like, no man, I've, comedians <laughs> fucked me over and fuck that. And I was like, oh come on, dude, it's like perfect location too. Where's it at? Uh, it was, you don't know what I say? Uh, I could say the business. I, I'm gonna I go, talk, I'm gonna go talk to him on Tuesday. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'd be, be messed up. Well, huh? it was at the. Uh, at the Continental, but the same owner was uh, from. Uh, oh, were there other comedians? There's shows there in the past. You said no, not the Continental, but the owner owned another bar in, oh, okay. in Campbell called. Uh, starts with the C, the car- the calf. Okay, but it, it was a perfect spot, and he just said no. He just yeah, because he had a right. bag. Well, that's your job to talk him into it, man. Well, I figure I try my my luck somewhere else. I don't you know, know. Go in there on a Wednesday, or go in there on a Tuesday. Look how dead it is. Say, dude, your only option is actually his business is doing pretty good. That doesn't help either. <laughs> oh, okay. He's, yeah. he's packing the house. You know what? Because I've had people tell me that too. I went into one place uh, in Sunnyvale and I walked in, and the guy's like, No, I'm okay. I'm good. Look around. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Cool. I got you. You got it? <laughs> yeah. I understand. I understand, sir. He's respecting that, yeah. that bluntness. My car's running. I'm going to get going. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, we got to sell ourselves, man. Basically, and I think we're both touching on this thing where uh, I think some comedians are oblivious to it. Where there's the the comedy side of things, and there is the business side of comedy. Yeah, so even on the local level, where we're we're putting efforts, trying to to talk with other businesses, mm-hmm. and hopefully have some kind of a business relationship okay. where, where comedy and their business. You know, I don't know. Do, do you feel like that's oblivious to some comedians locally? Um, I don't know, man. I the way I look at it is like 
obviously, you know, if we get some money out of it, it helps out. We, you know, we're going to, that's the business side, right? But is that what you're talking about? Money too. I had no idea. I wasn't even getting paid anything at Friscotti. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, if because got, I didn't know, if we got a little money, yeah. it helps us out, right? It makes us want to, you know, do more there. Uh-huh. But in the reality of it, man, it's you know, and my wife, you know, when I tell her, hey, but you know, I'm getting paid for this, she's excited. But she sometimes it's hard for her to realize, like, hey, no, babe, I'm not getting anything for this. I'm getting a free drink ticket, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, well, you're gonna travel how far to do what? And I've, yeah, dude, I I, I used to feel, so, I still do feel so bad. Getting comedians from SF to come down to Friscati. And I don't have... I, I, the best, I said, t- if you make any tips, most of them go to you. But yeah. for sure, the best I can do is give you free food and free drinks. Yeah. And I feel I still feel bad because, you know... Well, I, you're giving them something. Yeah, but okay? still... You're, you're, and you're telling them that from the get-go. Yeah. And, I mean, because in, in the long run, man, we just want to do sets. We just want to do shows. Mm-hmm. We want to tell jokes. And if we get paid, that's awesome. And, and you know what I mean? But that's something I learned now is like definitely instead of getting paid in store credit like fifteen bucks or whatever, yeah. I should just ask for money up front. Yeah, and have and that way like it's more divisible to. And you explain it to them like this: say, listen, okay, I'm I'm gonna get a good headliner to close out the show. Um, so you tell them, you know, I need this amount of money. You know, I need you know, like I go to a place like you know, give me one hundred fifty bucks, or give me you know two hundred bucks. Let me uh, that'll pay for the headliner, pay for my time. And we'll do it a free show for your, you know, your uh, customers. I mean, but you're, you're guaranteeing. I mean, in the same, and as they say, oh, I'm not going to pay you. Then say, okay, well, what if somebody came up to you right now and said, listen, I could put, you know, 40 people, 40 customers. All you got to do is give me 150 bucks. Would you take the 40 customers? Like, yeah, we, we, I will. It's just, it's money, man, for, you know, a place. And then you got to get a good place that's going to back you up, you know, that wants you know, it's fun when you have a place like at Station 55, uh, Charles Davis, you know, he, he was the owner and he totally loved stand-up comedy and he's seen what I was doing. He's seen what I wanted to do there. He backed me up 100%. We made that place like a little club. It was a comedy club. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He saw your vision. He did. And it was his vision too, you know, because he figured, hey man, if I put a little time into this thing, more people are going to want to come out, you know? So if you get a, a person, an owner of a business, so maybe that guy on Campbell, maybe he wasn't the right person because he, you know, he's not looking down that path, but you are going to find somebody that will be looking down that path. And it's like, okay, that's cool. You want somebody that's going to work with you. All right. Yeah. And marketing, what's your approach on that? Uh, just talking to people, man. You know, every time I see somebody, you know, when I was running shows, Hey, I run a show every Wednesday, come check it out. And they do. Word of mouth. Yeah. And then they come out. They have a good time. After the show, go up and talk to them. You know? You got a group of five people having a good time. You go up to the, hey, guys, thanks so much for coming out tonight, man. You guys local? Yeah, you are? Oh, great. Tell some friends about it. Next thing you know, there's two tables of people coming out. Hmm. So. And the comedians performing at Station 55, were they Maureen uh, Hill-based comedians? No, from everywhere. everywhere. San Francisco, Oakland. Now, was it, was it a showcase or open mic? Showcase. Okay. Yeah. See, yeah, I... I think for me, that's my next first I, first down. <laughs> and, I, and I always like keeping a show it's at an hour and a half. Yeah. Anything longer than an hour and a half, man, people are not digging it. Or less, too. Or less. You know what I'm saying? Hour and a half's perfect. You know? You start getting someplace like two, three hours, people are dead. They're tired. Yeah. The same goes for films. Or they're drunk, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's no coincidence that the ideal film is 90 minutes. Yeah. Which is an hour and a half. Yeah, cool. So how are we doing? We doing good? On, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's probably good to start closing down the show. Uh, Sam yeah, Meeker. I got my ride coming soon, yeah. Uh, where can people find your stuff? Uh, you know what, man? Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Sam Meeker, S-A-M-M-E-E-K-E-R. So I expect a big following. How about SoundCloud? That's not really my thing. My no. friend Jesse, that's his. Uh, I don't even know the station where to send them to. Mm-hmm. But if you Google, you know, like Robert Kelly and Sam Meeker interview, you'll you'll find it. <clears throat> or Mark Norman, Sam Meeker interview, you'll find it. I only got a couple of them up. Are you on Facebook? Uh, Facebook, Sam Meeker, yeah. Sam Meeker. Yeah. Any upcoming shows? Uh, Rooster Teeth Feathers, baby, in July. I'll be. Oh, you know what? Actually, I got a. Another one too, and that is one second here. I'll tell you right now. July. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be at Cobb's on the twenty fifth um, of June. Yeah, it's like uh, the Cobb's uh, of June. It's the showcase. Anybody wants to go there, I got a guest list. So hit me up, and I can get you on that guest list. Or another big one is. Um, at the San Jose Improv, they do a summer comedy bash. Uh, Kabir Singh and Samuel Bain, they're co-headlining. I'm on that, you know, on that lineup. That's going to be an awesome show. That's July 15th in San Jose. Um, hit me up too, man. I got a guest list for that too. We'll get you in, get you in some shows. And then at the end of July, I'll be at Roosters. Uh, I don't have no, no free tickets for that one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll show you some love, man. So come on out. And that's it, man. All right, Samika, thank you for coming. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you.